Welcome to another episode of Ask Tomorrow. I'm your host, Tomorrow. Better sleep makes for a better me, and Casper's cooling collection has everything hot sleepers need to keep cool all night long, like the Wave Hybrid Snow Mattress for over 12 hours of cooler sleep. Okay, next caller. Hi, Tomorrow. I need to break up with my boyfriend. Any suggestions? Uh, get him a breathable mattress protector. It helps hot sleepers stay cool. I think I'll just go with flowers. Yeah, none of my exes appreciated the mattress protector either. Casper, love your tomorrow. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. According to the incident report, the suspect mumbles to the police as he's getting handcuffed. He just crawled out the little basement window. He says, I fucked up. You'll see when you go inside the house. Oh, Oh, that's interesting comment. Welcome to Talk Murder to Me. If you're listening to this when it comes out, it's a Thursday, and this is a Talco special edition. We do this every Thursday for... Uh, our community and anyone who requests a murder, either from their hometown or one that they're really interested in. If you would like to submit your own story, you can email me at johntalkmurder.com. But I do get a lot of emails every day, and our community has top priority. So if you really want to get your story read, then go to talkmurder.com slash join. Join our community and submit a story. Yeah, I know that there are a lot of requests coming in. There was um, a couple of requests that came through on Instagram. I get emails every day for requests. And I will do them. I will do the requests, but only if all of our Supremos have nothing else to request. Because they're, they're top priority. So if you really want to get your story read and be heard on the show... Then support the podcast at talkmurder.com slash join. Get a, a badass t-shirt, get some stickers, get a lot of shout-outs and love from us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, tonight we are doing a uh, Talk Murder Talco special. Mm-hmm, Hot mm-hmm. and fresh, straight out the kitchen. What's, what's on the specials tonight? So I thought we could get started tonight by... And I, I can't remember who suggested this, but they thought it was awesome that, I think we did this once, we named all the things that happened in the certain year that the murder took place. Yes, oh, that came Danny. from Danny. Oh, Danny. And Chevette. And Chevette. Okay, nice. We're going to 2011 tonight, so tell oh. me what happened in 2011. <sighs> things that happened in 2011. Try to name one big thing. Why is it that I remember, like... The 90s better than something that was eight years ago. Well, 2011 is kind of a weird date, too. It's not, it, you can remember what happened on year 2000. I mean, it's like I remember Y2K, where I was. I feel like Big house Willie music style. was getting really popular, but that. What music? House music. House like, music is always been popular. All right, well, let me go down the list and see if you guys Ooh. remember anything. I was just. Ooh. It was Osama bin Laden killed in 2011. No, yeah. that was 2010. No, yes, you're right. Osama oh, bin yeah, Laden was. was killed in 2011, which I remember well. Damn! Who, so who, who, who? I was actually still in the military. I just got back from war, and I was getting out of the military. Some guy, I don't 
know who this is. I thought y'all might know. Prince William marries <gasps> Catherine. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, my God. I do remember watching yes. that. Yes. My mom was in London for that one, too. That's right. We have the magnet Well, on who is the prince that just got married or whatever? Harry. His little brother, Harry. Oh, oh, my God. His little brother. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we need princes anymore? We don't. We, we don't, don't, but Britain does. All it is is just passing down generations of wealth that just sits there and doesn't build the economy. Good them for sitting them. in their They're big castle. It's I great. don't understand why. Because uh, they were born with a silver yeah, spoon. Yeah, that's right. It's like a Kardashian, but, you know, they have longer histories. I wouldn't call the Kardashians oh my God. American don't give royalty. Me, do not no, give me start I wasn't on calling them. I was calling them born, not necessarily American royalty, God, no. But I was thinking more, um, just, it, like, it's... But they weren't though. It. They were they weren't born into it. Like they the were the ones that are now. Like the ones, babies. They are all they're all famous because their family is famous. That's more what I mean. Who the Kardashians? Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. That, there was that Forbes article that was. And now what, she's what's a her billionaire. Name? Like, Kylie Jenner is a Kylie Jenner's going to be a billionaire. Of uh, she started from scratch. I'm like, no, you didn't start from scratch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At all. And this is like what they're pushing to the American youth, thinking, oh, my God, I want to be just like her, an entrepreneur. She's not an entrepreneur. She just got – she started for money, and then that's – sorry. We agree completely. Okay. Um, all right. Steve Jobs dies at age 56. Oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is also the year uh, right after he died when uh, Apple starts releasing shitty products. I put that in there. But I believe it. <laughs> Because if you don't, if you have any MacBook other than 2012 or younger, it goes downhill from there. Well, I'll cut that out. Also, the London rioting spreads to Birmingham, Bristol, and Liverpool. Yeah, we don't care about that. Uh, <laughs> Kim Jong Il dies. Yeah, or, I remember that. <laughs> oh. And then what's his name? Kim, Kim Jong Un. <laughs> I guess he. I, I think he killed his dad. Didn't we watch a documentary um, where he like poisoned his dad or something? I don't. I don't remember that. I remember it was poss- possibly like his uncle was. Oh yeah, yeah, or something like that. yeah. His they killed his uncle or something. So basically, Kim Jong Il dies, and they thought his uncle was going to take over, so he kills his uncle. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, North Korea is still just a little pipsqueak. All righty then. Tonight we are doing a taco special episode for our very good friend coming to us from Weymouth, Massachusetts. This story is for Shannon. Chevette. Chevette. Hi, guys. This is Shannon, a.k.a. Chevette. Love your podcast. Every chance I get to tell somebody about it, I do. I'm calling to submit a hometown story. So the story I'm going to be sharing with you guys comes out of Weymouth, Massachusetts. That's where myself and other Taco Supremo Danny is from. So this story is about a gentleman by the name of Donald Rudolph. This murder happened on my birthday in 2011. So that's why it's kind of relevant to me. And also, I went to school with this kid. He graduated a few years ahead of me. But this is crazy because I walked the halls with this kid. It's just Absolutely mind-blowing. And stuff like this doesn't happen a lot in my town. Like, Weymouth isn't the best place, but it's also a pretty nice town at the same time. But when things like this happen, it's really, really, really big news. Happy belated birthday, Shannon. When was her birthday? In 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. I'm assuming she's oh. had one every year since that. <laughs> I don't know what her birthday is. 
All right, let's get started, shall we? Well, you know that had, the murder happened on her 17th birthday. It did, it did. Which was what day? In 2011. Oh. <laughs> November 10th, 2011. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, I got okay. you now. All right. It took uh, you a little while to get there. Now, we are going to... What do you think flat earthers use when they need to go look at a map of something? A map? Uh, yeah, a map. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Is that... Is that some kind of trick question? Well, I know, like, when they, you know how when you look at a map on, like, Google Maps, you know, when you're, like, Googling a location, you zoom out, it shows you the Earth is a globe. Do you think they're like, ugh. All right, tell me all you know about Weymouth. Tell me about the Weymouth city. Weymouth is about half an hour to 40 minutes away from my hometown of New Bedford, Mass. Well, Weymouth is about 20 minutes outside of downtown Boston. Yeah, it's right next to Braintree. Okay, guys, uh... If you're interested in this story, go send me a comment at talkmer.com. You'll see the post right there on the homepage under Talko Specials. November 10th, 2011. Police, Weymouth police, for all you Weymouth people out there, they respond to a call about suspicious activity. Basically, the neighbors called the police. There's a bunch of noise at this house right here I'm showing you on the map. That's this a is, small house. This mm-hmm. is 10 Upland Road, Weymouth. Okay, now this happened on her 17th birthday. I just want that in there. I love our fans. It was November 10th, 2011. Police respond to a call. There's a lot of yelling. The neighbors called. Something's going on and it's bad. There's a lot of ruckus going on in the next house over. Police get there. They swarm in this little driveway. They run to the front door and they can't see anything inside because it's dark. Now, they, they look through the first floor window and they see a silhouette of like a young male. He didn't know the police were out there. But as soon as the guy inside notices the cops are looking at him, he books it through the house. So the cops break down the door. Bah! You know, no Ka-pow. search warrant. Just like, bah! Because it's like murder and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they break down the door. The guy takes off. Two or three cops run around the back of this little house. And they see him trying to crawl out the basement window. Mm. Kind of like some John Bonet Ramsey shit. Ooh, mm. that was kind of dark. No, but it was good. He's trying to climb out the window. It's this kid, this 19 year old kid. They arrest him, and from the actual police report, which are all private, not private, but they're all sealed by court, the mm-hmm. courts, by the Commonwealth, the suspect appeared dazed, confused. He was covered with blood. His shirt, his pants, his face. It looked like he just killed an elephant. It was just blood everywhere. Like, like he just oh, a bucket. Of- Wasn't Dumbo's mom killed? I think so. So he's completely disordered. <laughs> this is one reason it's really hard to find anything like on YouTube about this guy. I don't think there's anything about this guy. About anyway, the, this the, case is the, pretty obscure. The guy that ran away? Yeah. But another reason is his name is Donald Rudolph, like the red-nosed reindeer. Oh. So you type in Donald Ru- Rudolph in YouTube, and nothing, everything that comes up is like Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Wait, wasn't, <laughs> like, wasn't 2011 the year of the Boston bombing, ma- the, the marathon? No. No, it would have came up. It was 2013. Oh, that's right. According to the incident report, the suspect, Donald Rudolph, mumbles to the police as he's getting handcuffed. He just crawled out the little basement window. He says, I fucked up. 
you'll see when you go inside the house. Oh, Ooh, that's an no. interesting comment. So, well, that's yeah. ominous. I mean, I think <laughs> we know what's coming. We all know the name of the show, but... Yeah. Now, I do want to point out, this is his mother's house that he's oh, at. No. Oh. The guy that Wait, ran... How old is this guy? 19. Uh, 19. 19. The guy that runs out of the house, he's actually escaping from his mother's house, and he says, quote, he mumbles, I fucked up, you'll see when you go inside the house. And they did indeed. So they cuffed him, he's in the car. Inside, yeah, inside the house was a massacre. Mm. There were three people living in that house, and then when he escaped from the basement, there were three dead people in that house. Oh, my goodness. The first they saw was Frederick Medina, a 52-year-old who was the boyfriend of his mother. Hmm. So his mother, Paula, I'm talking about Donald Rudolph, the guy that killed his mother, Mm -hmm. Frederick Medina, who's been living there for five years, was the boyfriend He's he's on the ground, blood everywhere, throat slit open, and quote from Craig Kowalski, the assistant Norfolk district attorney, Mr. Medina was found lying on his back on the floor with his shirt soaked in blood and his throat was slit. Mr. Medina was also stabbed several times in the torso area with a large knife. Even more strange than that, when they opened the mouth, it was like already open. His mouth, because it was like kind of already open, uh-huh. they pulled out a beanie baby. What? Yeah, you know those beanie babies? Yeah. Yes. So when the authorities arrived, from what I heard, Donald was sitting in a pool of their blood, like playing in it almost. And all of their throats had been slit, and there were beanie babies down their throats. Yeah, we used to collect those things. I, yeah, yeah, me too. too. I think the, I still have the, some. Do you really? You should see how much they're yeah, worth. Yeah, I much... know. I, they're at my parents' house. I think I have the Princess Diana No, you bear. don't. I... Dude, do you know how much that one's worth? Uh-huh. A lot. I know. Does it got the tags on it? I can't Jim, we, need to, we need to see if we can find that. That We can sell that for like tens of thousands of dollars, Jen. We get rich. All right. Well, Jen can get rich. We can shut down this podcast and just go live in Bermuda. <laughs> no, really, not really for $10,000. But those things, those, so there was um, I did. There was like something on. I don't know if it was BuzzFeed or like something that I had shared about Beanie Babies that you need to go look like see if you have. Uh-huh. And there it was like 10 of them. And I remember I, we had Princess like Diana's the one. we had like half of them. And so I sent it to my sister. I was like. Do you have these beanie babies? And she's like, No, we went through them. Like they're not the right edition. I was like, But where are they? Like I don't oh believe God. you. <laughs> I. Th- why did that thing get so freaking popular? Um, the ten most valuable beanie babies that could be hiding in your attic. You know, we can make someone rich. What if someone's listening to this and is like, Oh fuck, I got that one. Then he gets. If you make some money, you better give us some finders fee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, number one is. Princess the bear, value ten thousand dollars. It's a purple bear with a rose. Rose on it. I, ha- think now, I had that one actually. Yeah. I think they have Did to you, still have the tag. Have? I on think them. so. I have to. I have to double check at home, but they're in the attic somewhere. I think they still have to have the tag. They on them, do, right? mm-hmm. and uh, and it what, has to be which, a certain edition. I think. Yes. Well, how do you know, man? Why people can't um, counterfeit these things? I mean, it seems so easy. You know, it's just I don't know. Number two is the McDonald's International Bears, value $10,000. Oh, they don't have a picture of it. Hmm. 
Number three is the pace the bear. I had that one. Oh, you had that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that was worth five Gs. I don't know if I have that one. I think I did, but I'm not sure. I had, we had like a hundred. Oh, yeah, I had like two over-the-door hangers. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Hey, oh, guys, if, if you... If you collected Beanie Babies when you were younger or you still collect Beanie Babies, go to either the Facebook page, Instagram, or talkmurder.com and tell us, and we will read out your obsession on the show. Number four is Snort the Red Bull. I think I had him, but in a tiny little mini McDonald's version. I did have the crab. Claude the Crab, valued $9,000. I had that one. See, where are your Beanie Babies? With the tuba? Oh my God! Valentino the Bear, value forty two thousand three hundred dollars. What? What is? I mean, what's who's so paying this kind of money for Beanie Babies? Oh my God! I don't think I have that one. I this might. is in January two thousand nineteen. It was valued at forty three thousand dollars. Oh my God! It sold for forty two. Oh my God! Number seven, Peanut the Royal Blue Elephant. I did not have that I one. I didn't have that one. I'm- Iggy the iguana, mm, value five thousand, maybe. Oh, I had the turkey. Oh, I know shit, I did. I did do. Oh my god, I did have the turkey. Gobbles the turkey, value six thousand six hundred sixty-seven dollars. Oh my god, shit! I wonder what happened to him. I have to go find my Beanie Babies. I hope my parents didn't throw them away. They valued these based off what they sold for yeah, on eBay. Probably yeah. the highest. Yeah. Oh my god, Patty the platypus. Where is yes. Princess Diana doll? The, the first, first one, one, the purple bear. Oh, okay. The first Beanie Baby that I ever got was the Sly Fox. But, and this was before we knew not to take the tags off, so the tags are off on that one. But I think I took the couple. tags off of one Beanie Baby that I had, and then like my mom was like, don't take the tags off. And I'm like, why? I don't understand. Now yeah. I do. I used to have the— I still don't really understand why they're worth so much, but— I still have—I used to have like the, the clear heart— mm, The cover thing. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did, y'all get, did you ever do the Furbies? Yeah, I yes, do have a those are terrifying. Those are so creepy. Yeah, yep. they look like that movie with the gremlins. Gremlins, yeah, yeah. Okay, so in the middle, the eyes, mine like mine would go off in the middle weird. of the night. It was really fucking creepy. That is creepy. Yeah, I remember like that was the thing. I can't remember. I had the gray one. What like what end of school year gift? Gift that was all I wanted. I wanted a Furby. I really wanted one, and it's big regret. Big regret on getting that Furby. Yeah. Um, I remember getting one for Christmas, and my sister got—I had the gray one, and my sister's, I think, was white and pink. But why were they so popular? I don't know. I think just— Because they were robots? Oh, you're talking about furries? I don't know what you're talking about. They were kind of like Teddy Rubbins. It's the same thing why those fidget spinners got so damn popular for no reason. Hey, I love my fidget spinner. I even have a fidget cube. You have a fidget cube. <laughs> no, I'm such a dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, we know. It helps with ADHD. Of course, I'm like on heavy Adderall. So that probably helps more. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Let's get started. Quote, there was an extreme amount of stab wounds to Mr. Medina's body. So the cops, they're in shock, but then they go to the garage, which sits right outside the house. And inside the garage, they find Paula, 50-year-old, his mother and his sister, 24-year-old, both were beaten. And his sister? Yeah, and his sister. Both were beaten to death with a hammer. Oh, my goodness. And Kaylin, the sister. the 20- hammers lately. Yeah. Yeah. Kaylin was also stabbed multiple times. 
Now, officers, they find a bloody hammer and a bloody knife next to Medina's body and more knives nearby. So what happened is he probably killed the sisters first, or excuse me, he probably killed the mother and the sister first. Or... And then went back and killed. But I don't know how that makes sense. Maybe he killed the stepdad first and then he revisits him. Cause he l- or maybe he could have told the police that the f- stepfather was the one that killed the sister and the mother and that he killed the stepfather. A lot of what I heard about this case kind of happened like walking through the halls and all that stuff. So the story that I initially first heard was when the stepdad got home... One of the neighbors came out and went up to him and said, like, hey, something's going on in there. Um, when you get in, can you just flick the porch lights on and off just to let me know that everything's okay? And so the dad was like, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll do that. Went in, and then the porch lights never got flicked. Yeah. Now, there were even more knives nearby that were bloody. On the kitchen table, there was a bloody hammer and a knife wrapped inside a placemat. Okay, now this guy, Donald Rudolph, was no stranger to the police. They already knew who he was. They knew his face. He's been in trouble with the law before. Now, so he was charged with three counts of murder, three counts of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon and was at the time being held without bond. So that's it, man. Right? Wrong. Mm-mm. Not on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Not on this show. One month after the arrest and bludgeoning his entire family to death. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. One of his sisters was away at college, and she actually chimes in. So lucky for her, she wasn't home. She would have been dead, too. One month after bludgeoning his mother to death and his sister and her husband, he is sitting in the jail cell, and he writes two letters, one to his mother Hmm. And one to his sister. Now, he was asking his mother. The deceased sister. Yeah. the bo- He was writing two dead family yeah, yeah, members. Yeah. The mother developed multiple sclerosis. <gasps> he killed his mother when, who had MS? When he was 12 years old. So oh. he was writing her a letter asking her how her health is. You know, how's everything going? Um, what? You know, is, is, uh. how's the MS? Like, is everything okay? Is everything good at home? Like, I haven't heard from you guys in a while. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> what am I just dead up? serious? Yeah, he's dead serious. Now he was sent to Bridgewater State Hospital, which is in Bridgewater. What did I say? Bridgewater. Yeah, Bridgewater State yeah. Hospital. Isn't that in Bridgewater? Oh, you were saying in Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah. Brim- Bridgewater. I guess it's, it's a town. town. Oh. Yeah. Well, so where's that compared to Danny's brother and and his wife and their kids live in Bridgewater. Yeah. It's located about 25 minutes from me in New Bedford and it's probably another it's probably half, half an hour, hour from, from Boston oh. from Weymouth, yeah. Yeah. He was sent to Bridgewater State Hospital for a potential diagnosis with mental illness. Now, he has stayed in that hospital till this day. Since hmm. April 2013. In wow. fact, he has no memories of the murder that happened. What? At all. Hmm. Do you guys kind of understand what's going on here? Maybe. Multi- did another personality kill his family? 
Leverage Redemption comes to IMDb-TV, and the con is on and more exciting than ever. The team reunites as they take justice into their own hands, not to mention adding a few new exciting recruits. For this crew, the stealing is mutual. There's no shortage of bad guys, and the con game has only gotten more complicated. Don't miss out on the action-packed heist and discover why crime is fun when you're the good guys. Leverage Redemption, streaming free July 9th on IMDb-TV. IMDb-TV is available on Fire TV, Roku, or anywhere Prime Video is available. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Between the ages of 11 and 14, Rudolph, I might just call him Donald. No, Rudolph is fine. Well, his first name is Donald. Isn't uh, Mayor Giuliani, isn't his name Rudolph? Yes. Yeah. You can call him Donald. That's his first name. Yeah, I like Rudolph. So between ages of 11 and 14, Rudolph, the killer, he was admitted five times to different psychiatric hospitals. Now, his diagnoses included oppositional defiant disorder, which means he always is defiant to authority and cops and stuff. Mm -hmm. Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Hey, I got that, too. And alcohol and marijuana abuse. Now, I do want to say throughout his childhood, his mother, Paula, was also suffering from addictions of her own, right? And her sister, the ones that the one that was deceased, a couple of months before the murder happened, she was actually trying to buy some illegal drugs as well. She was becoming addicted to the drugs too, and so was he. You know, he was on drugs as well. What kind of drugs are we talking about here? Uh, mostly like marijuana and stuff, but uh, painkillers and stuff. Like she was buying Klonopins. The sister. His, the mo- but the the mom had MS and she was doing yeah. these drugs yeah. to ease her pain or I mean, I don't know. A lot a lot of times with, you know, patients that suffer, they get addicted easily because the doctor, it's kind of like that Ativan they gave me. Mm. It's just so addicting, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though. I mean, I, honestly, there's not a lot of history here, huh. you know. There's hardly nothing. Yeah. In fact, what we're going to focus on the story mainly is coming up which is one very interesting article I read. He was in and out of foster homes uh, because his mother was an unfit mother. Now, what they have up there, do you all know what DCF is? Yes. What is it? Department of Child and Family Services. Yes, very good. Okay, the summer before the murders happened, he actually got self, or not self-diagnosed, he actually went and got diagnosed from a psychiatrist as having depression, ADHD, bipolar disorder, and schizophrenia. You see mm-hmm. where this is going. Mm-hmm. Now, Brittany, which is his sister, the one that survived because she was in college at the time, quotes that her brother was aware that he wasn't all there. Now, he actually... He was arrested a few times before the murder happened, and the Weymouth police actually wrote in one of their reports, uh, quote, Donald stated that he is schizophrenic and paranoid and that we, which is the police, make him nervous. Okay, And Brittany also recalls a sister 
them sitting on the computer and he go- Donald Googling different types of mental illnesses. And then he kept saying, I have this, I have this, and I definitely have this. Okay. Hmm. So you see we're going down the mental route, right? Mm-hmm. The mental illness route. Okay. Brittany Rudolph, the sister, also says the way that the system, by the system, I mean the foster care and DCF, handled it, the way they handled it, they've basically created a criminal. Now, months before he was arrested, no, months before the murder, he was arrested four, on four separate occasions, including one time in April 2011 when he was at his real father's house in Quincy. Where's Quincy at? Quincy. Quincy? Mm-hmm. Quincy it's a town is a over. suburb of Boston. So it's, it's like really close here? Very, yeah, very yeah. close. Yep. Turnover. Yeah. So the husband and wife split up 15 years ago. He remarried and moved to Quincy. Mm-hmm. Quin- he remarried and moved to Quincy. My godfather lives in Quincy. That's a great movie. Quincy? No, The Godfather. Oh. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> in April 2011, he was actually arrested because he was in Quincy, his father's place, and he was on Washington Street. Do y'all know where that is? I do, actually, yes. Uh, yes. So My orthodontist he, was on Washington Street in Quincy. Washington Street is actually a, a main road. It is. Well, he was in, uh, like, an abandoned building, and he was it was overlooking Washington Street, and he had a pellet gun, and he was shooting people with oh, it. Oh, Jesus. He actually shot two uh, women passing by. Now, he wasn't locked up, but he received a two-year suspended sentence and was literally back on the streets, but with an order to receive mental health. So suspended sentence, does that mean he actually didn't have to serve any time? Yeah, he didn't serve any time. This is months before the murder when he's telling the police. Now, it's not a police. It's no one's fault. I don't want to blame anyone on this. But he's obviously got these mental issues going on. And this was the literally the breaking point of, you know, what's going on in his head. This is what the final thing. You know, he told the police he was suffering from schizophrenia, you know, all this stuff. That same month, DCF actually dropped him from its care because now he's an adult. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to get to how they work the system. You actually don't have to be dropped from the care until you're 23. And we're going to talk about that. But once they dropped him, he basically wandered the streets randomly. He's a schizophrenic. He's jobless. He's homeless. He's penniless. You know, he's addicted to drugs. He can't get medicine that he needs, like, you know, for his schizophrenia. And he's wandering the streets. And in fact, a lot of witnesses saw him murder several cats. Oh, yeah. Julie earmuffs. What, Julie? Why Julie is it always going to be cats? Yeah. You know, there was, guys. I was going to do a case, like, when we first started, there was there's a serial killer of cats in like the UK. He murdered what? like mm-hmm. yeah, was, I like, remember hearing about that seven cats or something. What a horrible human being! Well, no, I mean, yeah, but the making of a serial killer, yeah, you know, what I'm saying cruelty, yeah. Well, cats specifically, I don't do serial killers kill dogs. No, we did that one. Who was that one guy that killed a dog? I think it's Israel Keys. Shot the dog in the woods. I can't remember. I don't remember. All right, so this is what the guy looks like. Donald Rudolph. Oh, dear. Go to TalkMurder.com to see the uh, post photos. There's not much, but go there and leave leave me a comment. A very slender, um, 
white young man with light eyes, dark hair, um, kind of like gaunt looking, but that might be a result of his drug use. Yeah. Now, basically, this case comes down to two things. Is he mentally ill or is he not? In fact, there were two opposing sides and it gets pretty heated. Of course, there's no video or even court records, but I'm, I'm going mainly off. Um, I'm using Boston uh, newspaper, uh, Boston Globe. Yeah. And then, or the uh, Herald. Yeah. Boston Herald, too. Yeah. Assistant D.A. Craig Kowalski said in January 2014 that he believes Rudolph is, quote, malingering mental illness and, quote, it's a conscious pattern and behavior on his part to present himself as mentally ill when he's not. Now, malingering means faking symptoms. So he believes that he's faking the whole thing. And in fact, one of the huge things that came up in the case, because he's been in Bridgewater ever since. He's still there to this day. Hmm. He has not stood trial for the three murders of his family uh, yet because he's not mentally competent. Okay. So the question is, is he mentally competent? And that comes up every year. And in fact, the last one was 2018 when it came up again. Is Donald Rudolph mentally competent to stand trial? I know from the most recent things I've read about this case was that he's still unable to stand trial because he's not competent enough. Um, And also, I've heard that he's still been writing letters to his mother and his sister who he had murdered because he doesn't understand that he murdered them. Because you have to know what's going on around you in a in the trial. You got to be able to understand what's going on. And if you're schizophrenic, you know, you may not. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah, you can weigh on that, Jim. I'm just saying you don't want to – I know you're not doing this, but, like, you got to be careful – when I say you, I mean general. In general, like you don't want to mix schizophrenic, like a schizophrenic person, with someone with low IQ. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, like I've, I mean, you can be fair. I, well, I mean, you, you can be fairly functional with schizophrenia if you're on proper medication, but exactly. I, maybe it's just which he so, was not so severe. I mean, maybe the killing of his family like triggered something and made it really bad i don't know well the fact that his sister i meant i mean his his sister the one that was at college does agree that you know he he was had mental issues but it's such a weird case but anyway um 2005 rudolph began at the south shore educational collaborative do y'all know where that is no, it's a school for children with emotional and behavioral problems. So the whole time he's growing up, he is, has all these problems and his home life's kind of a wreck. His, his mother is going through her own addictions and she, DCF actually comes in and takes Rudolph away because she's not fit in their eyes to raise him, you know, as a minor. Now, he wasn't actually taken out until he was 17, which is pretty late. Yeah. Yeah. But even from, like I said, from from 11 to 14, he was in and out of psychiatric care. Hmm. It's almost like at that point, if you're 17, you're almost, one could argue that you might even be doing more harm than good by taking somebody out of their home when they're so close to being able to 
yeah. do whatever the hell they want. One of the doctors supporting his case is Dr. Charles Carroll, and this is coming from the Patriot Ledger article from January 25th, 2014. Now, he is the forensic psychologist in Bridgewater State's Director of Forensic Services, and at the court, he claims that Rudolph could be faking symptoms of mental illness. Mm. Oh. So at first, he thinks he's faking it. But now, after seeing Rudolph in his care, he strongly believes that he has schizophrenia and is not competent to stand trial. And, quote, it's too consistent for this to be feigning or malingering, he says. He requires close monitoring, support, and treatment at the Bridgewater State Hospital. Dr. Martin Kelly, a Brookline psychiatrist, testified in Norfolk Superior Court that the 19-year-old, now this is an opposing side, does not hear voices and, in fact, watches football and can tell you everything that's going on in football. And this is one of the main points, the main arguments that is brought up in every court hearing. He has read the book's Game of Thrones, not watch the TV, but actually read the books, and he understands the narrative and the dialogue that went on and this, the whole storyline from those books. And those are not those are yeah, not easy books. This to read. is while he was in the hospital. Yes, while he was under in the mental institution. I was just going to say those storylines uh, in the Game of Thrones are, are there's so many of them. There's just a lot going on. Exactly. So that is something they bring up at every court proceeding. Yeah, I mean, I would say. Sure, you could still argue an insanity plea in court, but it sounds like he's competent enough to hold a, be present in a trial. Well, that's what it comes down to. You got two opposing views on this man. And and in fact, the last article that came out in 2018, the headline was is Donald Rudolph is he finally competent to stand trial for the triple slayings in 2011? And it sounds like it's still undecided if yes. things happen. Now, the the reason, let's segue real quick and we're almost done. The reason this story is uh, really interesting to me is because it's a conversation piece. Now, I found this article is from bostonmagazine.com. The title is, Did Massachusetts... Fail alleged murderer Donald Rudolph. Now, this is from May 1st, 2012. I'm posting a link on talkmer.com. It basically runs down his story, but then makes you think about is it actually a, a product of the society, the, the care he was getting? In fact, let me let me read a few quotes. In 2010, a year before the murder, he was placed in the foster care a former New England Patriots cornerback, Ronnie Lippett. Hmm. Here's Ronnie Lippett. Now, Ronnie Lippett, this is what he does. He takes in troubled youth and he fosters children. Now, he has done the worst cases wow. imaginable. That's what the, the article says. But That's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So good for this guy. But I do want to say that one morning in July 2010... When he was trying to wake Rudolph up to go to school, he hit him. Donald Rudolph hit the former Patriots uh, cornerback in the face. He broke his jaw. (gasps) Now, Rudolph was arrested, but he didn't. Lippitt didn't press any charges, but he did file a restraining order for him. So basically, he's out of the house. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
And after that, it went downhill quick. Then, and, and this article says, and then something even worse happened to Rudolph. And this is Colin. He turned 18. Now, mm. when in Massachusetts, if you turn 18 when foster, while in foster care, you can either strike out on your own, basically go back and live with your family or start your own life, or you can continue receiving assistance from DCF until you're 23. But this article criticizes this whole system. In 2011, 794 youths turned 18 while in foster care, and 77%, which is 615 of them, elected to continue receiving assistance. Okay. Now, until you turn 23... You can still receive assistance, which includes a modest daily stipend of $25, independent living programs, accesses to resources such as counseling, tutoring, and educational support. Now, in the past five years, Massachusetts has actually increased the spending of more than $60 million. And this article criticizes basically that it ain't working because the Boston Foundation in 2008, they could conducted a study to see if this type of fostering and rehabilitation works. And the findings were not very good. 37% of former foster kids older than 18 were homeless, 54 were unemployed, and half of those with jobs worked fewer than 20 hours a week. Hmm. 30% had been threatened or injured with a weapon. 25 have been arrested in the last 12 months. And 11% have been raped. Okay, Yikes. 59% of teens surveyed in the study reported feeling, quote, sad or hopeless almost, almost every day for two weeks or more in a row. Mm. Now, this isn't criticizing the system itself. And the, the talking point I'm trying to get here is, is there a better way to do this? Now, this isn't just with you guys in Massachusetts. This is nationwide. I mean, it's, the numbers are the same. In fact, 12 to 20% of all prisoners in this country... 20% were once foster children. Mm, wow. That's shocking. All right. Now, it talks about how DCF, number one, is severely underfunded, severely understaffed. Mm-hmm. And, That's true. Yeah. So it's, it's not really attacking them. It's basically saying, hey, we're spending all this money on things that aren't working. You, yeah. you just heard the stats. It's not working. So basically, he got out of foster care now he's homeless because he's a statistic. Yeah, I think it's just, it's a shame that he's in, one, it's a shame he's in the situation, but two, I mean, there's some valid arguments to, from what you shared more on the side that he, sh- he can have a trial. He, you think least, he can have a trial? Yeah. Because of what? Well, no, I'm not what you mean. So, no, I think some of your points about where he is able to comprehend certain things. Like, yeah. You don't, it's not like, he's sure he has to speak with his attorney, but the attorney presents his case. He needs to. But he's, the the thing is you have to under, the yeah, actual not... defendant has to understand what he's being charged with. Uh, and this guy, number one, doesn't mm-hmm. even remember the murders. And number two, his attorney says he's not even, like when he's in trial, he's talking to himself and looking around. He, he. He has no idea what's going on. That's what they're saying. And the psychiatrist says he's schizophrenic and he's not all there. Hmm. Like he's mentally ill. And I do believe he's mentally yeah. ill. Uh, I don't think he's faking it in any way. I, I think he may be 
tack on to all that, maybe throw in Asperger's or something, which is why he can focus a, a, a parent, you know, on something mm-hmm. like uh, something that he really enjoys. But anyway, a quote from this article, those who knew Rudolph had seen signs of trouble for years. In fact, things had gotten so bad that he'd been placed in foster care. But exactly 11 months before the events at his mother's house, Rudolph had turned 18 and become a legal adult. He, quote, aged out of the system and in short order was homeless, jobless, and involved with drugs. So, I mean, is there... Here's a question I have. This sounds really fucked up, but someone like this that has schizophrenia and does something this awful, okay, what's the options here? To keep them housed in a mental facility for their entire life? You know what I'm saying? Is, is that the best option, though? Well, you can't put them out on the street unless you're Canada. You can't put them in jail because he has had no trial. Exactly. Well, I, so, I mean, you want to keep... You also want to keep their safety and the safety of everyone else in mind. So it sounds like I'm being in a facility like that may be the best option yeah. because he could be a danger to himself or others if he's schizophrenic. And if he doesn't have insurance, if he doesn't have a job, like if you you know, if he's not having that like regulated, if he's not regulated then it could turn into another dangerous situation. And I agree with you fully, but I did think of this today. Remember the Tyler's uh, Axeman episode. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we were talking that once the economy tanked, that one street that was you that was once really nice mm-hmm. was now flooded with ex uh, former psychiatric patients that they just shoveled on the street because yep. they had nowhere to go. Yeah, I'm just saying, like devil's advocate. Who's, what who's if the economy crashes? Yeah. and now you have all these people being let out back on the streets. Right, because I'm who's, just, who's paying for that hospital bill? Exactly. And hospital those things are expensive. Years. I mean, you're you're basically oh my God. paying for Food, a full shelter, life. Exactly. Yeah. For a full life. Medical care. And not, not only that, but he took off... He killed three people. Yeah, three people that were probably putting into the national economy. So that money is gone. Plus, now you have to provide life his life. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying euthanize the guy. I'm saying, like what's the best option? Or maybe I am saying that. I don't know. But like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know, Jen. No, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Like both of you, I think you're right. Like where, where else can he go? Right. He can't go to prison. Yeah. He can't be released. I do agree with you though. I mean, you can't, you can't put but him back on the street. Who's, and who's foot in bill? I don't think right. he should be on the prison. In fact, when he was in prison, his uh, cellmate actually, complained so much he was like this guy's crazy and they actually moved him away now the district attorney assistant dis- district attorney he may see him at trial and this that the other i mean you 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 got to take the advice and the recommendations of the psychiatrist that sees him every day this guy says he's got schizophrenia you take his word for it i mean that's and luckily that's what the public's doing you know, because there's basically two guys saying he doesn't, but the one guy caring for him says, yes, he's very bad. He he doesn't, he's not all there. He He's always, you know, somewhere else. I don't know. Mm. Crazy. Sad. It's another complicated story because you, you want to make sure that he's safe. You want to make sure that uh, public is safe. But at the same time, if if something were to happen, like, where does he go? The information on this episode is very scarce. 
as you can see. But I try to do the best I can, and this episode was a taco special for our very good friend and supremo Shannon in Weymouth. Yes, Chevette. She she was 17 when this case happened, so she remembers it thoroughly. I can't wait to hear all the other stories that you guys are coming out with. And also, thank you for the shout-out to me and Danny for our anniversary. That was great. Um, love you guys. Love the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing because you guys are amazing at it. So this was for her, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Now, if you want me to tell your story, either story that happened in your hometown or just one that you're really interested in, go to talkmer.com slash join, submit your taco special on the forum, and I will schedule it in, and I cannot wait to do that. So thank you guys again. I'm John here with Jen and Nicole, my co-host. We love you guys, and we'll see you next Tuesday for Taco Tuesday. According to the incident report, the sus... Oh, I'm sorry, Stella. Are we bothering you? Stop chewing, babe. Podcast the 101. Don't chew eyes. How about podcast 101? You probably live in your mom's basement and all you do is go give one stars to podcasts because you have no life and your girlfriend left you because she found another guy that's probably more cuter and he's more successful in life. Anyway, I think we've lost everyone on the video now. Shit, I keep forgetting about this video. (laughs) Ah, shit. I wish... I can't have a VR machine because... We use Macs in this house, and they only work for Windows. So I'd have they to either eventually will work for Macs. Though. I either have to buy a Windows PC for the sole purpose of running VR, or buy a PlayStation Four. But the only thing about PlayStation Four is Google Earth isn't on PlayStation Four. So why would you buy a PlayStation Four? Yeah, you see the pickle I'm in. <laughs> you see the pickle I'm in. It's Mattress Firm's biggest Fourth of July sale ever. Hurry in and get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen bed for the price of a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend just $6.99 on Sealy. Or save $500 on all Tempur-Pedic Breeze mattresses. With our low price guarantee, you can rest assured you'll get the best bed at the best price, only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea.